John, if you'll find your way to the book of Romans, uh, Genesis chapter 3, Romans chapter 1, and uh, then if you'll find your way to the book of James as well, James chapter 3, I'll have you go there first before we uh, get into the message and uh, save us some time. Just uh, There's so much I... So much I'd love to do when our church gathers together, and unfortunately, we, uh, we get limited on time, partly because, mostly because we have a second service. Uh, when you leave, another group comes in, and so much I wish we could do and say as we gather together. But this morning, I want to look at Romans chapter number 1, if you'll find that. Again, Genesis chapter 3, and then James, the book of James is in the uh, New Testament. If you go to Hebrews, you'll find James chapter 3, Romans chapter 1, Genesis chapter 3. It's a spiritual struggle in the life of every Christian. Every single Christian experience goes through experiences of spiritual struggles. Mine normally come on a Saturday night. I feel like there's so much... Uh, just Satan does anything he can to interrupt my mind, and and um, I try to I try to uh, by you'll think I'm an old man, but by eight o'clock on Saturday evenings I try to keep things down and get ready for bed and just kind of clear my mind, and and uh, it seems like that's when all the problems come. It seems like that's when Satan really attacks and. He'll say things like, I don't think you can get up tomorrow and preach that message. I think you uh, maybe didn't study enough, maybe didn't pre, uh, pray enough. And, and uh, just constantly, constantly a spiritual struggle. But you know what I've realized this. There's always a spiritual struggle going in, life, in, the, in, in the life of a Christian. Because Satan wants to do everything he can to destroy your life. That's his goal. That's his, his desire. He's like a a boxer that just beats you every single round and doesn't give up. Anybody ever feel like that before? Feel like he just keeps beating on you. I want us to look at uh, Romans chapter 1, and I want to I preach a message this morning that I've entitled, what, Whatever Happened to God? Have you ever asked yourself that? Maybe you look at society, whatever happened to God? Here we find in Romans chapter 1, in verse number 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Isn't that a great thing? How many of you would agree with that? Would you say amen? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Would you say amen to that? Amen. For it is power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I love that verse. Paul is saying, I'm going to stand for the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose again from the dead, and he is giving salvation to any man that believes on his name. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible thing of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Look at verse number 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and the birds, and the four-footed beast, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness, through the lust of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who charged the truth of God into a lie. Who cha- I'm sorry, who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse number 26, for this cause God gave them up unto vile affection. For even the women did change their natural use into which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of women, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was met. And and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind. Do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but look at this, but have pleasure in them that do them. Whatever happened to God? Do you ever watch the news and say, whatever happened to God? Across this land, we're seeing more and more churches Involved more with entertainment than we have ever before. My question, even to churches, would be this. Whatever happened to God? What happened to God in our churches? I want you to see this. God answers this. Paul, here writing, and through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, answers this question. I want you to see in verse number 24 of this chapter, see where it says, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor them, their bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. Mankind, instead of worshiping and in, in, in serving God the way that he desires and created mankind to serve him, man said, I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to live the life I want to live. I'm going to lust after what I choose to lust after. I'm going to dishonor my body if I choose to. He says, I'm going to worship the, and serve the creature more than the creator. The verse number 26. So verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up. Verse number 26, the Bible says, for this cause God gave them up unto file affections. The Bible says in verse 26, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise also men, he's saying this, God created man and he saw that man was, was alone. He saw, said it's not good that man would be alone and so he created uh, help me Eve, a woman, and he 
he caused them to uh, come together, and that was God's desire. And he said to Adam and to Eve, he said, my desire for you is to what? Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And, and that was God's plan. And mankind then has come to the place where they've said this, I don't care what God's plan is. I'm going to do what I choose to do. Verse number 28, the Bible says this, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, the Bible says again, I want you to mark this, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. He said, if that's what you want to do, do it. How did this happen? In verse number 23, if you go back to verse number 23, the Bible says this, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They knew God, and they said, I'm going to choose to worship who I want to worship. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and foolish in their heart that was darkened. They, mankind said, I'm going to choose to live how I want to live. I'm going to choose to worship what I want to worship. I'm going to choose to love what I want to love. And Romans chapter 1, Paul is telling us and showing us how this happened is because mankind said, I'm going to choose me over God. Say, I see this all over society. The worship is no longer about God, it's about man. Unfortunately, church, a church that there's many churches, if we're not careful, we need to always guard against this, even our own church, that the worship is about God, not about man. I tell Tom often, Tom puts our music together, and I tell Tom often, I said, in our church, our music is not about us, it's about God. So often someone says it's to get me ready for the message. No, the music is about worshiping God. Do you realize this? There's no aspect of the church service. It's about us. It's always about God. I would say this. The same thing should be true in our life as well. It's not about the life that we want to live. Our life, every decision made, everything we do ought to be about God and worshiping Him. We're not to worship God simply when we come into the church house. We're to worship God every moment, every day, every decision of our life should be a way to worship and bring glory and honor to God. But in Romans chapter number 1, mankind said this, I'm not going to worship God. I've said this lately in my own heart and maybe even out loud. Whatever happened to God in our country? Have you said that? Whatever happened to God in our country? There's an onslaught. There's a fight to take God out of history. There's an onslaught. There's a fight to take God out of our courtrooms, out of our, our, out of our, our, out of our judicial system, out of our, out of our uh, uh, um, uh, government, and out of our daily life. And, and you see, on and on and on, there is an attack to take God out of everything we do, so that you then can live the life you want to live. Let me warn us, church, please, just by way of introduction to this message, we are not supposed to live our lives the way that we choose to live them. 
once you became a child of God, the Bible says that we were bought with a price. We belong to God. Our lives no longer belong to us, but our lives belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to live our life accordingly. Whatever happened to God? Whatever happened to God in our churches? Whatever happened to God in our homes? When did life become about us? When did we ever get to the place where we thought it's okay to sin? When did we get to the place where we thought that living the life that we want to live without any knowledge of God or any uh, involvement of God is okay? When did this happen? My question today would be this. What ever happened to God? As we come together in our church, God has blessed each and every one, I believe, with a gift that he wants you to use for his glory and his honor. Why has it come for some Christians not to use their talents for God? Paul, I love what Paul says in verse number 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul was one that no matter where he went, no matter what he was doing, it didn't matter how bad the people were, he was going to give them the solution to the problem, and that solution was Jesus Christ. He was going to go into city to city. His goal in life, his goal as long as he had breath, was to go to a people and tell that people who Jesus Christ was. Whatever happened, Christians that were so bold in their faith, so bold to speak, so bold to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whatever happened to God in our witness? Today, my message is more of a plea. It's more of a plea to us as a church to evaluate our lives as we come to this Lord's table. Whatever happened to God? They say this, I just recently read, there's more pastors over the age of 60 than there are below 60. That's 20, 30, 40, and 50s. There's more pastors over the age of 60 than there are younger pastors. You know what that's sad to say this, that as those older pastors get older and older and have to retire, there's no one that's going to come in and take their place. America sends less missionaries around the world than we have before. It isn't that the population around the world is decreasing. It's the fact that many people that used to surrender the full-time ministry, then, be, then, then there's less now than ever before. I just recently heard that Bible college's attendance is down more now than it's ever been before. There's less young people wanting to get into the ministry. Yes, less young people wanting to give their lives for the gospel's sake. Less young people wanting to get in and give their lives full-time to the Lord Jesus Christ than ever before. And my question would be this in our churches. What has ever happened to God? What happened to God? What happened to young people giving their lives for the gospel? The divorce rate in Christianity is soaring out of control. Many Christians spend more on pornography and other addictions than they would ever think to give to the Lord Whatever happened to God? 
pornography, a multi, 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 multi billion dollar enterprise. I read just recently the average age of a child involved in some kind of sexual encounter is 11 years old. Whatever happened to God? We've allowed the TV to raise our children. We've allowed the internet to raise our children. They said now the average eight-year-old, eight years old, eight years old is being introduced to pornography. You get a young child, a young boy, a young girl hooked on pornography in a young age, it ruins their life. Whatever happened to God in our home? Parents giving their, their, their responsibility over to someone else or something else to, to parent them. Whatever happened to God? Christians attending church less than they've ever been before. I just read recently they said this, if a, if a church member attends one out of seven services, that is considered a good church member in today's world. Whatever happened to God? Our schools aren't safe. They say this, there's many that are trying to get to the place where if a young girl wants to have an abortion, they shouldn't have to get their parents' permission. Matter of fact, if a young girl is wanting to get involved in in, in a, a young boy or a young girl wants to get involved in a sexual lifestyle, all they need to do is go to their guidance counselor and get the protection they need. They don't have to get the parent's permission. Whatever happened to God? Whatever happened to God? We're being told that God doesn't exist. We're being told that we came from, from, from some organism. We're get, being told that, that some big bang happened, that God didn't create anything. Whatever happened to God in our society? Whatever happened to God in our churches? What has ever happened to God in our homes? Since 1973, church, our country, America, is reaching 61 million babies that have been aborted. Americans are being murdered by the thousands every year. 16,000 murders. That's 16,000 lives. Whatever happened to God? I want you to see in Genesis chapter number 3, if you would please, Genesis chapter 3. If you're there... Follow along with me in Genesis 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the women, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Conversations taken place between Satan and Eve. Eve, the woman, said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And a serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. 
What was he trying to do? He was trying to take God out of the equation since the beginning of time. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Look with verse number 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. You know what I see as I study this passage of Scripture? Mankind sinned, and you know what they thought they could do? Fix it. Adam and Eve sinned, and you know what they decided? I'm going to do something to make this right. So they sewed fig leaves together. Mankind thought there's a problem, and, and, and I'm going to fix this problem. And you know what? We decided we're going to fix what's wrong with us, and we left God out of it. Adam and Eve never sinned. They didn't realize that they were naked. They fellowshiped with God and there was no sin in their life. And they chose to be disobedient. They chose to sin. Satan introduced Eve to this concept of God doesn't need to be involved in your life. And what God says isn't important. Just live your life the way you want to live. And, and Adam and Eve chose to sin. And after they chose to sin, you know what I find? They said this, we've got to fix this. Their way of fixing it was to sew aprons together, fig leaves together. They sewed fig leaves together to fix their problem. I want you to look with me in James. Just go quickly there. I know I'm running short of time, but I want you to understand this this morning. James 3, verse number 15. The, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. I see today society, churches trying to fix problems. I see in homes trying to fix problems. I see marriages trying to fix problems. I see society trying to fix problems. I hear politicians trying to fix problems. But I want you to understand this. You can't fix anything and leave God out. You can't fix anything. Adam and Eve said, we've got a problem here. They looked at each other and they said, we're not clothed. We need to fix this problem. What they should have said is we've sinned and we need to get right back to God and we need to let God know that we've sinned. We need to let God know that we've made this mistake. He's got the answers, but it seems like we do the same thing that Adam and Eve does every time something goes wrong in society, every time something goes wrong in our church, every time something goes wrong in our home and Instead of saying, God, I've sinned, God, I've really messed up this time, what we do instead, we say, I've got to fix this one. But I want you to know that you can't fix anything and leave God out. Nothing is right until God makes it right. If you get nothing else this morning, would you please get this in your heart? Nothing is right until God makes it right. God said to Adam and Eve, those aprons aren't good. Those aprons won't fix the problem. 
I'm going to have to take a lamb and I'm going to have to sacrifice this lamb and that blood that that lamb is going to shed is going to be needed for, for payment for your sin. I'm going to have to take that lamb's wool and I'm going to make some clothing out of that lamb's wool for you. But listen to me, so often if we're not careful, we think that if we just come around, that if we spend enough time, if we put enough finances toward it, if we put enough thought toward it, if we put our thinking toward it, get enough people involved, we then can come up with a solution but Nothing is right until God makes it right. Revelation 4.11 says this, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things. And in that verse, the Bible says, And for thy pleasure they were created. God created you for one purpose, and that was for God's pleasure. God never intended you to live life for your pleasure. See, the reason why so many people in life are so unhappy is because they're trying to chase a pleasure that was never theirs to chase. They leave God out. And they're looking for things in all the places to bring pleasure to themselves. But God says, you weren't created so that you could find pleasure in your life. You were created for my pleasure. You can't find pleasure. You can't find success. You can't find joy if you're trying to find it outside of God. There's no way to find what God has designed for us to find in this world and leave God out. 